0: Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 4th of November, 2022. It is a Friday, a football Friday, five Big 12 games to preview, headlined by Kansas State hosting Texas in a game that could really shake up the Big 12 race. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the best place to play fantasy when it comes to college sports, you versus the number. A uh, few notes here as we get going. You'll be wanna, You'll want to be tuned in on Monday, folks. Great conversation coming. We had Andrew Marchand of the New York Post on the show, and he and I had a conversation about the changes of the the Big 12 television contract, the changes that we're seeing in the college football landscape, and more importantly, who is best positioned moving forward the Big 12 or the Pac 12? We got into all of that. It's a 35 minute conversation. Andrew has been all over the Big 12 uh, television stuff and the Pac 12 television stuff. Gave us some great perspective. You are not going to want to miss that episode coming up on Monday. Also, make sure you guys subscribe. This thing has really done great. This week had a great week on the podcast. Want to thank all of you guys for subscribing. Continue to tell your friends, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we are approaching now 2,600 subscribers. So thank you guys so much. It's kind of been a bye week for me in some ways. Uh, with the TV deal, it's kind of a bye from football. All this week, we've been covering TV deal expansion, what it all means, Gonzaga news, and today we get to focus on the football. So, not saying I missed the f- talking about football at all, but it has been nice that we've been able to just kind of, you know, say, all right, let's, let's, you know, focus on the future of the conference for a few days here. And then now we're back to football. So, kind of our own little personal bye week, but it's a football Friday and we're geared up and ready to go because, guys, the rest of the way in November here, It is just five five games. Every single weekend, everybody's had their buys. Everyone will play every single weekend the rest of the way here in the Big 12 Conference. So let's get after it. Now, one change I will mention as we begin getting going here is that I normally give picks on here, but the problem is I wake up on Saturday morning and I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. Or you know what? I'm leaning this way. So I'm going to tell you guys where I'm leaning And if you guys want my picks, you guys can find them at Josh Neighbors underscore, not plugging the picks or anything, but like, if you want to know what my final thought is not saying I'm doing great this year, I'm 17, 17 and one this year, picking big 12 games. I'm 500. This league has been tricky to figure out. It's been up and down. It's been competitive. And I think as somebody, you know, tries to follow it as close as possible, the fact that I'm hovering around 500 and. On the show that I work on SiriusXM Big 12 today, we're all around 500 as well. It's kind of where things are floating at this moment in time, just with the way that we're assessing everything. All right, so 11 a.m. on Fox, we get going on Saturday. It's Texas Tech at TCU. TCU is coming off a week where Sonny Dykes has plenty of encouragement for his team. After seeing the first college football playoff rankings They are behind Clemson and Alabama, two teams that a lot of people feel like they should be ahead of. Conversations about, hey, would you beat them on a neutral field? How does your resume stack up? For our purposes, here's here's what matters. TCU had the bye week in week number three. That's when they had off. And then if you think about that and you put together the run they've had since then, a rivalry game against SMU, a trouncing of number 18, then number 18, Oklahoma. A win on the road, 38-31 at Kansas in a game where the backup quarterback came in and slung it around. I know, uh, you know Jalen Daniels was not even playing well in that game, but he get goes out. The double overtime thriller against Oklahoma State. The 38-28 come-from-behind victory against Kansas State. And then last week, 41-31 against West Virginia. You look at that stretch. Four at home, three on the road, four straight top 10 teams, or top 10 teams, top 25 teams. And they've arrived here. And maybe this is where you start to think, okay, you know, are they going to start to fall off? Will they start to lose focus Will the, or, or not lose focus? But there's a pressure kind of come down on them now. And I think it kind of works. It's going to work the opposite way because of this, because they now have extra motivation, right? They, you know, they, they now, you know, they're not five. They don't have Alabama bearing down on them. They don't have uh, Clemson bearing down on them. They have the opportunity to prove how good they are now. The rest of the way because they've been disrespected. And it's really about handling their business. Also, noting here, Sonny Dykes has really struggled. His teams have really struggled at times in the month of November. So, finishing now becomes a huge thing for them. Also, on the TCU side, is Max Duggan 100%. We saw last week that he was dealing with what appeared to be a calf injury. Chris Budden, who uh, works for ESPN, did the game and also does some uh, filling in on Big 12 today said that, yeah, it's pretty clear it was hampering him. So is that part of this? Will that hamper him in the running game at all? Or also how he throws You know, the, uh, in this game too? That's something that we have to watch. On the other side, you think about Texas Tech and how disappointed they were last week. And I actually think it's good for them that they're on the road, right? Last week was a huge home game, a lot of pomp and circumstance, the Patrick Mahomes situation, a rival Baylor coming in, and Baylor really just takes your lunch money and beats you up while doing so, right? Uh, And physically, you know, they have got three quarterbacks who I think are really good players uh, in Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, and Baron Morton all played poorly. They all seem some kind of banged up, and that's a huge question for me. Now, the one thing that Baylor did a great job of last week is controlling the the line of scrimmage. Uh, They did it some on the offensive side, but they did a better job on the defensive side. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do it on offense, but they did a great job on defense. And look, I know Tech gave up a lot of points, but I'm not even going to put that on Tech and uh, their defense. I've been critical of the Tech defense, but whenever a team gives you so many extra opportunities, you know I, I'm not going to fault your defense too much. The one thing that's nice about this, though, is that Baylor is one of the better teams in the league about getting pressure. Now they weren't until like last week. They're kind of, I guess, you know, towards the middle of the pack, uh, even you know a little bit back. But uh, TCU is not a great team when it comes to getting pressure. You wonder, hey, is Joe Gillespie now going to step it up just a little bit, right? Is he going to begin stepping it up just a little bit in terms of pressure and how he gets after things? Because we've heard about how simple their defense has been coming in, you know, so far. Not saying simple bad, but just, you know, maybe it's just better off when you got a, a bunch of guys who have been around for a while, try to teach them a new system. It might just be better off just to simplify things. Maybe in now November, can you step it up, or do you want to keep rolling with what's been happening? I will say I do think TCU's got good corners. I do think they've got some good team speed as well, uh, in the middle of the field. So they just don't have a guy who's a difference maker in the pass rushing game, and they don't really rush the passer a ton, it feels like uh, I'd have to look at their their set, you know, their sacks this season, they're ninth uh 15, which is tied for eighth, actually. And then you'd have to look at pressure rate too, which you don't have in front of me. But that is a big factor. I just think TCU a bit more dialed in right now. Texas Tech, a good chance to play spoiler, but my lean right now is TC because they're going back home. Big Newton kickoff is coming. And I don't think it's with tech coming in town. I don't really know if it's a ton of tightness. I don't think it's going to be a tightness factor in this game because tech's got so much. You know, if this was a tech team that had just beaten Baylor and they're riding high and they're showing how how far they've come and Big noon kickoffs coming to town, I'd be more concerned. But because of the circumstances now where Tech's got to figure out their own stuff, that's why I'm leaning TCU in this, in this contest, right now at least. It's a decent amount of points. We'll see if that line changes at all, and we'll see who takes the snaps with the ones. Zach Kittley's now got a conundrum on his hands, Joey McGuire a conundrum on his hands, a situation on their hands, and this is why they pay quarterbacks, uh, the, the coaches, the big dollars. You have to make decisions like this, and, and I think Joey McGuire, it's going to be good for him now. To you know, have options and make a decision and see if it works out, and and kind of learn. Hey, do you go with the young guy, the old guy, health concerns? All you know, playmaker and Donovan Smith. All of that's on the table, in my opinion. So maybe that is a that can be a detriment to them, but it's also, you know, if you're if you're TC, it's something to worry about because you're not sure who you're going to be seeing. So I'm leaning TCU right now, and I think I'll be leaning that way tomorrow. But just for right now, it's it's the Horn Frogs. All right. Next game up. It is boom, boom. Number the second game. I'm sad. This one's on ESPN plus Baylor and Oklahoma. The Sooners are a three and a half point favorite talking about what's at stake here in this game. Both these teams on a winning streak. You think, look, you know, Oklahoma is not out of the big 12 race at this point in time, but, but I mean, whatever, you know, kind of campaign that you want to act like they have right now, it is a hundred percent on life support. Um, and you definitely leaned towards life support and it's a game obviously that you have to win if you want any any thought about that and let me show you guys uh, you know right now what the current standings are in the Big 12 conference I have to find the window dun, 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 dun. chrome tab there we go football standings now you guys can see it TCU in first place at 5 and 0 Kansas State is 4 and 1 Oklahoma State is 3 and 2 Baylor's 3 and 2 Texas Tech 3 and 2 then the Sooners 2 and 3, Kansas 2 and 3, Texas Tech 2 and 3, WVU and then obviously Iowa State there. Um if you look in that middle section here and things could get really chaotic if we have a Texas win, we'll get to that in a little bit, but Baylor's not out of this. And the nice thing for them is that one of their losses is to West Virginia. So if you factor in a tiebreaker situation, that's not a it's almost like you want to lose to the worst teams when it comes to this because that loss does not hurt you. If you look at Oklahoma State, well, losses to TCU and Kansas State do hurt you in the head to head situation. So Baylor's only loss right now outside of West Virginia, or you know only lost in the top half, comes to Oklahoma State. And look, there's a chance they slide back. We'll talk about that in a second. But Baylor, not out of the big twelve title hunt, and I think that's pretty impressive. I, I think I wrote them off after that West Virginia game just because the way they're playing now their schedule is really difficult but if you get to win like this you're kind of liking your momentum at, at that point. So now with this game Oklahoma they won back-to-back games. What a journey it's been for Brent Venables in year one I mean you know you go three and0 you look great you lose three and0 and now there's a chance to go another three0 or 0 and three rather in the middle section and then here's a chance to go another three and0 uh, in the next three games. I usually break up games into quadrants of uh, four when I look at them. I usually go four, four, four when I look at a thing. Oh, usually broken it up into three. What did they do well last week? Well, I thought their I thought their secondary played pretty well. Um, Hunter Deckers was just hanging the ball. Well, and linebackers. Uh, I thought Hunter Deckers was just handing out candy. And I also thought they stopped the run really well. That'll be the challenge this week. That wide zone for Baylor has been really effective. And what else has been effective? is how good Richard Reese has been. Fifth in the conference in rushing, and I think that's really impressive considering that we didn't know if he was the number one guy. He's going for five point to a tote, nearly uh, 800 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns on the season. And so this is where I think the game can be won for Baylor is, look, we know Oklahoma's uh, run defense is playing with a bit more confidence than it was last week, but – but this is a different kind of challenge because we know at their core, Baylor wants to run the rock. And, and I have to note on top of that, I like what they did with Blake Shapin last week. Now with the way the defense played and the way they ran the football, they didn't have to have him, you know, be crazy awesome. He threw for what, two eleven in that game. But I, I, I noted this the other day, his performance kind of reminded me of a Spencer Sanders 2021 performance. They wanted to play defense. They wanted to run the football. And they wanted the quarterback to take care of the football, right? Uh, I'm just wondering, is that the formula for success? And and can they do that though in this game? Because if you flip that around, what if Oklahoma runs the football well, right? What if the Sooners do a good job running the rock? We saw them do an excellent job of that last week. I thought uh, running the football and currently they're third in rushing offense in the league. Baylor's fourth. So two teams that do the you know that run the ball pretty much similarly really well. This year uh, overall. And so I think if that's even, right? If, if that's even, and, and here's the one thing that's that's kind of different about this is Oklahoma's rush defense is much worse than Baylor's actually different parts, they're completely different, you know, planes here. Baylor's first in the league in rush defense, and Oklahoma is last in the league in rush defense. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you guys by underdog fantasy, a great way, the best way, one of the only ways to play college football fantasy. It's simple, it's easy. Download the Underdog app, or you guys can visit the website today and use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on. When you all do, you guys get a 100% deposit match. So you deposit $100, even extra $100 to play with today. Once again, promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N, at Underdog Fantasy. Download it today from the Google Player App Store. You can do things like, hey, I want to go under B. John Robinson touchdown uh, runs or under Quinn Ewers passing yards, do all kind of stuff. You verse the number at Underdog Fantasy today. Promo code locked on for that 100 deposit match. If Baylor gets that edge, you know, then you really feel really good about that. If Oklahoma can stand up to that and kind of, you know, not elevate the playing or level of the playing field all the way, but if they can raise their game to a, a standard where, hey, look, they're not just getting gashed every single play and hold that through the game, then. That is where Dylan Gabriel can be that difference, right? He can catch you up and win you a game. And that's where, you know, talking about percent, I know we're doing the kind of the graphs thing. Well, if Dylan Gabriel's, you know, kind of on the offensive side, if they're running the ball well enough and Gabriel's taking that next step, then you might need a little bit extra from Shapen to win the game. Will him being a game manager be enough? Or you have to ask him to make more plays, which has not always worked out for Oklahoma so far this season. So this game right now, I want to lean Baylor because they're catching three in the hook. I like the fact they're getting the hook. all right. I like that extra the extra hook they're getting. They really this group Baylor in particular, a lot of the guys in this team did a good job controlling and actually this group on offense offense and defensive lines. they beat Oklahoma's you know what last season. And so they've got a maybe a mental edge in some ways and Oklahoma's got some confidence. but um you know, this is a team that's that's had their number a little and had their number had their number last year uh in that game in like a pretty significant way and um i'm i'm wondering if that's got any edge this this year but you know check with me tomorrow morning how i'm feeling about this but i like the three and a half i'm not this is the this is the biggest toss-up game for me on the week i'm not gonna bet this game i'm not gonna bet this game because i'm not sure i don't trust blake Shapin on the road but once again why should i believe that oklahoma's last ranked run defense is going to get stopped stopping gyrell brock and company is, is a lot easier than stopping uh you know Quayland Jones and Richard Reese this year. So there's something to look for on that. 230 on FS1, Oklahoma State at Kansas. It's a pick'em. This line's moved around a little bit. I'm gonna double check just to make sure this line hasn't moved even more. But I think what this line is evidence of is the idea that that Spencer Sanders. Uh, is not going to play. If he does play, then, I mean, this Kansas defense has been helter skelter all over the place. You like your chances. You don't like having Gunnar Gundy or Garrett Rangel have to be the trigger man for you going on the road against a Kansas team that badly needed the bye. They're well, hopefully well rested for their case. And they've got Jason being, you know, a bit more comfortable with that bye week. It sounds like Jalen Daniels is practicing, but I'm not sure he's going to come back and, Look, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game because it's just hard to evaluate. You know, it maybe Spencer Spencer Sanders goes, but if he's really encumbered and he did, it wouldn't have mattered last week, folks. But if he looks like he did last week, they're not going to win this game either. I know Kansas State's defense played much better. But the thing is, if he's that banged up, because he did not look like himself last week. Not saying it would have mattered. Kansas State played the best football game they played all season, and nobody was probably going to beat them on that day with the way that they played against uh, that 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 Oklahoma State team. But you know, they're licking their wounds a bit. Mike Gundy's an awesome coach, but I mean, if, if it's a different guy and we don't know, this line tells me that that it seems like it's Spencer Sanders is not going to play. I'm going to take I'm going to take Lance Leipold with a week of prep. At home against a really banged up Oklahoma State team, it's not just quarterback, and I like the chances. And that means, you know, if that's the case, Oklahoma State's going to have to rely on a running game in Dominic Richardson and in Nixon and Ali Gordon. That's been very inconsistent so far this year with a, with a you know a newer quarterback in there. Uh, if, if that's the case, so I, and I like Jason being thrown up against the secondary. It's not been very good for Oklahoma State. So I'm going to roll with Kansas here. That's my lean. I think it's going to be my pick tomorrow as well. But once again, we're never going to know about Spencer Sanders playing. This is, this is key number This is reason number one folks why we need an injury report in college football. they have got them in, in the pros. There's just no reason they shouldn't have one. You know, there's I, the deception and the uh, whatever else I hate that. I think that we should just be honestly listing guys and in injury report. We should know, you know, there's, there've, there have been some games this year where we've shown up on game day And there have been guys that you just like, you know, you're like, why is he playing good example last week in the FS of the game on FS was it Thursday night game between Utah and Washington state when cam rising wasn't playing and nobody saw that coming. You know, the, the, I forget his name Braxton, whatever it is. I think it's Braxton something is the backup for Utah. And you saw him come in the game and you're like, Oh, what the hell? And even the announcers didn't know Uh, mostly because they weren't there, but still we need, we need injury reports in, in college football leaning KU here. Good chance for them to become bowl eligible. And I think maybe that backslide for Oklahoma State continues. Real quickly here, 230 on ESPN plus West Virginia to Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State laying seven. You take West Virginia here because I know we lost Donaldson, uh, CJ Donaldson. I'm saying we as the collective Big 12 viewers lost CJ Donaldson last week. That sucks. I know that uh also, you know, we've had Tony Mathis being banged up. Uh Justin Johnson will have to come in. I know everything has not been. You know, that offensive line has been really inconsistent for them this year. I want to see it on the back of JT Daniels against this defense, and I want to see the way that they attack it. But the problem is for me is that with the how how Iowa State's been losing really close games, I'm not going to take them laying seven points with that being the fact. Jack Trice has not been the home field advantage. It, it, the, the home field advantage is the same. The The team is just not good enough to make that stand up. That's the problem for them. And because they've been winning games so close, I would take the Mountaineers plus seven. That's my lean right now. I, I would say I'm not going to bet this game because, um, you know, both these – it's a battle at the bottom of the, of the league, right? And I will say this, like, I don't think Neil Brown's coaching for his job at all. Um, I mean, I think that's – I think that situation's, like, pretty much resolved at this point. I think we know that they're going to make a move. It's just a matter of when. Um you know, I don't know if an Iowa State loss is enough to move the needle, but if West Virginia once again, if West Virginia wants to go bowling, they have to win this game. They've got OU at home after that. They've got Kansas State on the team they have not beat, I don't think yet. Uh, Kansas State at home and then at Oklahoma State. So them going to a bowl game is looking pretty rough right now. Iowa State obviously just trying to get a Big 12 win on the board. This is their best chance now as a seven-point favorite in this game. Final game of the day, 6.30 on FS1. We've been bumped to FS1 once again. This is due to the fact that the World Series is going to be on Fox, right? Big uh, big deal with the World Series being on Fox. It bumps another great Big 12 game. It bumped TCU and Kansas State. It now bumps this game. Uh, Texas coming off a bye is a 2.5-point favorite on the road. People are surprised by this. I am not. Uh, you see Bill Connelly's s and they have Texas highly ranked. The metrics love Texas because it's a factor of recruiting. It's a factor of a you know certain performance. And you take their performance against teams like Texas. You take their performance against team like Oklahoma, the West Virginia. Uh, you know the uh, game where they were absolutely dominant for most of that game until they didn't need to be. That's why. But they're still trying to shake out that DNA of last year's Texas. Right, the losses against Texas Tech. The uh, you know they blew a gasket in that game against uh, against uh, Oklahoma State. They almost blew a gasket against Iowa State. So the metrics love them so much. That's why they're here. the The big decision that comes in this game is going to be on the Kansas State side of things. Chris kleiman has got the choice to make about Will Howard and Adrian Martinez. Uh, I think I think in this situation. Will Howard might be the better option because of the way that he can toast this secondary from Texas. They've been able to be had, but they're not going to be as bad as we saw again or as we saw at Oklahoma State, right? That's not really the uh, it's not really the identity. I mean, they're top 3 in the league in rushing um in rushing defense. They're number 6 in the league in passing defense. They can be had, but they are a big step up in my opinion uh from what we saw last week even, you know, like Oklahoma state comparing them to Texas uh, it's still a pretty big gap. I know Texas isn't even that high in the league, but it's still a pretty big gap just because the quality of play from Texas, uh, the quality of Oklahoma state rather has been so low. I, they tweeted out a video today, Kansas state did the be relentless video, right. Um, You know, uh, about Will Howard and kind of what that uh, you know, what that, you know, him doing all the stuff. And it was it a hint, was it a a looking, you know, situation looking glass situation or we, or was it just a, a deceptive move, right? I I don't know. I don't think that decision's made yet. But they left it up to Martinez last week. He's the one who made the call and said, no, I'm not good enough to go. Do you ride the hot hand with Will Howard? Um, I, I, I would be worried, though, if it's just on his arm, right? If Texas does a good job of stopping the run, which they have done in some games this year, do you want it just on the shoulders of Will Howard? A- and for as good as he was last week, for as good as he was in part of a TCU game, he made some mistakes last week that a team like Texas would take advantage of, and a team that like Oklahoma State that was not very well prepared even by Mike Gundy's own admittance. And I'm you know, I'm you're sure you might say what else are you going to say, but even by Mike Gundy's own admitting was not well prepared. Um Texas off of Bye is a bit more of a uh, a bit more of a a different beast, right? So you think that Bye is good? You also have the idea of Quinn Ewers, you know, who looked horrible on the road in his first road game, getting that experience. What's he going to look like in this game? You know, will the, uh, the the script is going to be really important? How they start off? You know, can they and then, can they maintain that momentum? Because he started off poorly, even though the offense got off got them off to a lead. He had the interception against Oklahoma State, so that's another huge question. There are so many questions to be answered in this game. And the one thing that I want to you know also look at here uh, and kind of. Circling back to those Big Twelve standings once again is the fact that if Texas does win this game, this becomes a much more interesting uh, league. Because if Texas and Baylor win tomorrow, what you have is four and two K State, four and two Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State wins tomorrow, four and two Oklahoma State, four and two Baylor, and four and two Texas, and you'd have Kansas State with a win over uh, um, Oklahoma State. And then you'd have Texas with a win over Kansas State. You know, you'd have Oklahoma State with a win over Baylor and a win over Texas, but a loss to Kansas State and a loss to, you know, a loss to Texas. So, like, you know, all this, or excuse me, it went over Texas. Like, all of this could become very interesting tomorrow if it breaks a certain way. But it looks like, I mean, the bare minimum, if at the bare minimum, if Kansas State wins, um, you know, and Texas wins, I mean, if some stuff breaks a certain way, like they could find themselves at number two in the conference at the end of the day on Saturday, there is a world in which once again, Oklahoma state have to lose and you need Baylor to lose, but there is a world in which tomorrow night, uh, you know, at about 10 o'clock, the Texas Longhorns are the number two team in the big 12 conference. That is totally within the realm of possibility. They also get a game against, and even if they're tied, they have a game against Baylor the rest of the way. They have a game against Baylor, uh, you know, they still will have their chance to get their licks in against TCU as well. So this thing is far, far from decided. And Texas wins. You know, I kind of want Texas to win because it set up, sets up this amazing matchup with um, – It sets up this amazing matchup next week with TCU. You know, Texas kind of playing their best ball – well, not their best ball, but you know getting a huge win, the biggest win of the season Kansas State would be. And it would set that up, that huge matchup with them and TCU under the lights next Saturday night. Kind of want that just for the league and want to see if TCU can get it done. But Kansas State, man, they've got a chance to kind of not put a stranglehold on that top part of the league. They got a chance to to put their foot in the ground and say, no, we're going to cling to this number two spot. And the only next challenger they would have to reject on this road would be Baylor uh, to get themselves, you know, kind of in that prime position to be the number two team in in the, in the um, that game. So I've got, I've just got one request. Get Roshan Johnson and Bijan John Robinson more involved. You're Steve Sarkeesian. That needs to happen in this game. There's no doubt about it. And they've not done a great job of that as of late. That's one thing I'll be tracking. I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Texas right now. I'm gonna lean Texas. This one's big time TBD. The trepidation about Quinn Ewers in the road last week is what got me, but he's got two weeks now to prepare. That's what's kind of making me happier or, or more, you know, thoughtful uh, about what Texas can do here. So I'm gonna tentatively say Longhorns. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you guys come back on Monday to see the Marchand. Uh, episode that we have coming up on Sunday. I will be back with a recap of all of the action, talk about where we are in the big 12, hoping for another exciting weekend. It always seems to be in this conference. So next time, my friends, as always stay safe.